0: Good morning. There we go. Uh, I'm going to read uh, 2nd Philippians. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father.
1: Amen. Good morning. Uh, My name is Daniel. I'm one of the elders here at Believer's Church, Um, and we are in week three of our sermon series entitled Gospel Culture. But first, um, we have Kids Connect this week. I almost forgot. So if you're not familiar with what Kids Connect is for um, kids from uh, kindergarten-ish to fifth grade-ish, we have um, on second and fourth Sundays the time for them to have some more uh, teaching and fellowship that's more geared for them. So Uh, So um, our sermon series on gospel culture, um, the idea here is that we have um, that sound teaching and sound doctrine is is important, but that it also should be, uh, it should work itself out, that teaching, that doctrine should be evident um, in what we do, in how we treat one another, in how we worship, in how we treat our families, and and that that should be visible and evident, and so like what is the culture like as our church? so um, the first week was kind of introducing that the second week, um, last week, Dan talked about our our neediness, our need for God, our need for a savior, and our um, and that being an important part of of what it means to be a christian and and this week we 're going to move into humility, which I think um, hopefully is the appropriate response of a Christian to our neediness, right? Um, and Caleb kind of mentioned that before, like like our brokenness and our neediness, like that's not an end in itself, and neither is humility, but our, our response should be uh, one of, of humbleness. Um, and so kind of preparing for this, um, I realize I have a lot, of, a lot of misconceptions. And I think in general, um, Christians, or even if you haven't grown up in a church, uh, I think most people, most people, I feel like this is a safe thing to say, most people would say that, you know, Jesus was humble. And then most people would draw a natural conclusion, you know, that we should be humble. As, as his followers, we should be humble. And I think most people have a, a decent idea of what humility is, like, you know, um, and that, that can be varying degrees of true and varying degrees of helpful Um, But I know looking at humility this week, for me, there's been a lot of maybe misconceptions on my part. Like, hey, I kind of thought it was this, but as I'm I'm reading the text, I see it's a little bit different than that. Or um, maybe I know what humility looks like, but then kind of exploring that and like looking into the the truth of the text, I've seen where my actions don't line up with the reality that I'm believing. And so that's kind of where I want to go today, is, is not not trying to convince you that Christians should be humble. I, I hope that if, if you don't know that, we should. Boom, done. Uh, but but that we would know that Christ is our example in, in all things, but Christ is our example also in humility. And so whatever we are thinking of when we think of humility, it should be exemplified in the person and work of Christ, right? So if if our idea of humility is something that doesn't apply to Christ and what we've seen, then we're not thinking about humility correctly. And then what does that mean for us? If he's our example and he did it that way, then how does that work itself out in our lives, in our relationships, in our worship? Um, and so that's, that's my goal. Um, if Christ is our perfect example of humility, then we must make sure our understanding uh, of humility is exemplified in him. And so we're going to walk through that passage that Janelle read. Um, we're going to work through um, kind of verse by verse and look at kind of the doctrine, the like, what was Jesus like? What did he do? And then um, we'll talk about what that means for us. So first, um, in verse one, it says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, um, and then he starts to go on, he, complete my joy. Um, by being of the same mind, and he continues. But I'm going I'm to pause for there. So this is Paul, I think, I mean, kind of getting the attention of, of the people, um, kind, of, kind of a hook, kind of drawing them in. Um, and, and think about the, the language there. If there is any encouragement in Christ, if Christ has been an encouragement to you in any way, then you should listen to what I'm about to say. That's a, pretty, that's a pretty strong sell for a church. Like, if you're writing to a church, that should be like, oh, oh, he's serious. I need to lock into this, right? If there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's any comfort from love, if there's any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, like, basically, if there's anything good, if there is anything that is worthwhile and good about Christ or being a Christian, um, being a Christ follower— then listen to what I'm about to say because it's important. And so he is, this first verse is just him like thinking about the audience, what do they care about? And, and I'm, I'm grabbing onto that and saying like, this is important. Please, please, please listen to me. Um, and, and like connecting the, the, if this thing was true, if Christ is a value, then this thing is a value. There's a connection there. They, they stand or fall together. Um, and then it, he goes on, and then kind of a personal appeal, like, hey, you know me. Complete my joy. This is good for me, too. Like, this is something that is, that is beneficial for me as a believer. Complete my joy. Um, and so humility, uh, just in those first parts, like, um, it's something that, that actively encourages other members of the body. Um, it connects our, our action and our beliefs in regard to, to joy in other people. And, like, It's important. Right? It is important. Um, So, next, he goes on in verse 2 and he he continues. It says, Complete my joy by being in the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Do not, uh, or sorry, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. A few things. first In there, so being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, there is uh, an idea for sure of like unified doctrine. Hey, we believe the same things, right? Our, our mind is the same, our love is the same. Um, we, we are together in what we believe, and so we need to have that. And then, and then also, like, of, of passion, like um, in full accord. Do nothing from selfish ambition, and humility count others more uh, significant than yourself. So, th- so they're, they're thinking the same, they're doing the same things, um, and I think it's important here, and this is where the first, I think, first of my misconceptions with humility came in, because with, with humility, you, you hear all, all different ideas of what it's like, right? I think practically what most people think is humility is like um, just not bragging. If you don't brag, you're humble. Um, I think also, though, you see, like, uh, some people think, like, self-deprecating is, like, if you put, put yourself down, that's what humility is. Or, um, like, refusing compliments, right? Somebody says something nice, you can't take that. you got to shut that thing down, otherwise you're going to be prideful. Um, uh, and some of those, in some situations, could be true or helpful. Um, C.S. Lewis has a, a little short snippet from... Um, Mere Christianity, where he says uh, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less, which also is in some ways helpful. I don't think that's a full picture of humility, but that is a helpful thing. Um, But this says, uh, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. And so a few things I want to take from there. Um, Do nothing selfish, with selfish ambition or conceit. Um, and I think that can look a couple different ways. I think that could look like very outward, right? Like I'm going to get mine. I'm going to do what I can to get ahead. Doesn't matter what happens. Obviously that's selfish. That's outward and, and visible. You can see that. But I think there's, there's also like inward selfishness where like you do a kind thing, but you want to make sure somebody sees it, you know, or like you bring up this, this thing that you did. Like, hey, I did this, this great ministry thing. Are you going to compliment me? You think I'm cool because I did that, you know? Um, And so you're not, you know, like putting other people down necessarily, but like certainly there is some selfish ambition um, in there. Um, And then um, the next thing, it says to count others more significant than yourself. Um, And I think that's really important because it doesn't say that other people are more significant than you right there's a there's a very very strong uh difference between those two things um and what i mean by that is there is a a huge in in my mind there was a huge disconnect between uh humility and value like if i'm humble i'm thinking of myself as less valuable and i think that is the opposite of what the Bible teaches about humility, of what Christ teaches about humility. Because, and here's, here's the first thing I want to point out. If, if Christ is our example in humility, it cannot mean that someone is of lesser value. It cannot mean that. And so the same is true here. It says, count others more significant than yourself. My actions are going to show that I value this person, and in some specific uh, contexts, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay down my rights and let them go first. It's like the last cookie principle, right? If you have a plate of cookies, right, everybody kind of knows that last one hangs around a lot longer than the other ones do, typically, right? You know, and that's, just, you're just, that's a small, subtle way, but like you're counting other people more significant than yourself. I want that cookie, but maybe somebody else hasn't had one, you know, so I'm going to wait, and then you're going to do that awkward thing where you're like, oh, you want it, Nina? no, you, me, no, no, oh, you, you, you take it. Oh, okay, I'll take it. Uh, um, but that, that's kind of the idea. Like, you're not less valuable. Um, and, and also, it doesn't say, don't look after your own interests. It doesn't say, only pursue the interests of others. It says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others, right? So y- you are valuable. You are a valuable uh, son or daughter of, of the kingdom, you are made in, in Christ's image. And so humility is not thinking you are less valuable in any way. Um, the idea there is just making sure um, that other people know that they are as highly valued as, as hopefully you know you are in Christ. So you're exalting the value of another because you have been shown your true value. Uh, let's, let's keep going. Verse 5 says, have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Um, So again, the idea of like, have this in mind among you, like this, these are the thoughts you're supposed to think, right? This is what you should believe. And it says, which is yours in Christ Jesus, and so this is not something that necessarily like we're, we're hoping to get to one day, right? It says, it is yours in Christ Jesus. So this is the mindset that a Christian person should have, right? This is, this is not an add-on or a perk. Have this in mind among you, which is yours. This is your mindset. If you are in Christ Jesus, this is the mindset that you are called to have who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Um, So some things from there, and I've already kind of started, started in there. But if Christ is our example, and this is where we really get into like what he did that we're looking to to see humility, Christ is supremely valuable, right? And I mean like supremely, like the most of the highest order, he is to be valued uh, higher than anyone. Okay, so he has extreme value. Now we don't have that value, right? We're we're not Christ, uh, but we have we're made in His image, and so we have we have extremely high value. Um, but he didn't grasp, or he didn't like seek to hold on to or exalt himself. But rather, he entered into our existence. He came, he made himself lower than the position he deserved so that he could elevate other people to see their value and worth. That's what Christ did. He, he entered into our existence to serve, and he made himself accessible to us. And so, so we are called likewise to not grab onto our own kingdom and hold on to the status that we feel like we have, but be willing to lower ourselves in the pursuit of exalting another person to see their true value. So how far does that go though, right? I mean, how, how much lower do we lower? Like if we're, we're valuable, right? And so, but Christ lowered himself so that he could raise up his people, right? And and we're, we're going to follow him in, in that. And so to what extent? Like how far does that go? Um, verse 8, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So to what extent? All the way. <laughs> All of it. Um, he gave up his majesty he he uh, to a degree uh, gave up his his power and authority. Obviously, Jesus still had power and authority over all things while he was a man. But he 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 lowered himself. He he stepped into um, he was finite. You know, like he he his body was was all the way man. He was fully man. Um, he he walked into inconvenience and social awkwardness. Um, and so, like for us, like we should, we should not hold on to our own security and kingdom. Like we are, if we're to to follow Christ, like even to the point of death, like we can be inconvenienced to look at and care for another human being who's in front of us. Right? We can give up um, the the uh, comfort of of social. Uh, adeptness and, and pursue somebody who maybe is difficult to talk to. We can give up um, aspects of our career or social life and advancement in the pursuit of elevating somebody else to help them see their value. And then, and then personal gain as well. Um, verse 9 it says, therefore Christ has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Like that's what it's all about. That's why we are doing this stuff. It's not not for the sake of humility. It's not for the sake of, of me or whatever else. It is all ultimately like verse 10 so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow everywhere like that that there is a a a sense that when when Jesus's name is proclaimed everyone knows it everyone sees it everyone knows the majesty and glory of our of our great king um and so in that in verse 9 10 and 11 we see we see an exalted Christ. He 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 gave up the uh, he gave up holding on to his own glory. He came down and then Christ at the right time exalted him to the the uh, to where he is the name above every name. Everywhere all people worship and glorify God because of that um, and that that's not just something that he does for Jesus. All over the Bible, in Psalms and in Proverbs, um, in Second Peter and in James, we see the idea of God opposing the proud and exalting the humble. All over the place, right? God will lift up the humble. And so, um, humility considers the needs of others ahead of our own. Uh, humility is, is working out, I think, I think, just the doctrine of God, like who God is, who we are, and how we fit into that. Um, so, if Christ is our example, and we look at that passage, how does that change what our definition of humility is? And so I, I came up with my own uh, definition. I'm not, I'm not a wordsmith like our own Danborn. uh I do math things, but I tried real, I tried real, real hard to come up with uh, a definition that I felt like does, does uh, honor to the text and is helpful to us, glorifies uh, God. And, um, and this, so this is like Christian humility, not just like general humility. All right. So I think it's, it's a, nope. Yep. There we go. Okay. So setting aside the pursuit and proclamation of your own glory in order to show the true glory and value of another. And uh, I left the another somewhat vague because I want that to apply to other people, like believers and unbelievers, but also to God, right? Humility in the sense of like, like um, and that looks different, how, we, how humility works itself out if I'm um, in relation with, with another person versus in relation to God, right? Because God knows his value right? He's, he's very well aware of his own glory, right? Uh, but we have a job, like, we are created to proclaim that truth, right? And know our standing before him. And, and with other people, like, we want to help them see, see their value. Um, so, and, and let's just check, a little summary, see if Jesus fits into this, because I said at the beginning, right? If Jesus doesn't fit our definition of humility, then it's not good. So, uh, recap through this passage. Jesus, Uh, perfectly trusted the father, set aside the pursuit of his own glory in order to show others that they might share in that glory. And then at the right time, the father exalted him. And so like, I, I think that this, this gets it pretty well. Um, so some things that humility cannot mean based on this passage and, and other things that we see, uh, in scripture with Jesus. Um, Humility cannot mean, and when I say cannot mean, I mean like is, is incongruent with, like these are not things that are humble. And I think some of them are things that we would, we would claim are humble sometimes, or at least I have before. So humility is never self-deprecating. Like, can you imagine Jesus tearing himself down? It's not going to happen. Um... Humility is not someone is actual actually of lower value, right? Jesus is not of lower value because he is humble. Uh, humility is not timid. That was kind of an interesting interesting thought to me. Like hu- humility can be bold. Like boldness and humility are not opposite things. Um, humility doesn't doesn't mean somebody's expendable or unimportant. Humility does not mean weak. Humility does not mean refusing compliments, um, and I would, as I've thought about this more, I think that when you refuse a compliment, there's almost some pride in that. Um, I don't know that it's intentional, but like I think about in my own uh, in my own heart when I do that, I'm like maybe maybe kind of like like fishing for more, like no, no, you really are, uh, and so. Um, like, when, like, think about, like, if someone complimented Jesus, how would he respond to that? Right? Can you imagine somebody saying, like, Jesus, your, your teaching is impeccable. Like, your love and your grace for other people is flawless. Like, he's not going to say, no, no, it's not. Like, he's, he's going to accept a compliment because that gives value to that person right? That person has noticed a grace that, that, um, that you have given to, to other people, and so they're going to—like, ex- Jesus would accept that, right? And I think, I think we should accept when, when people say and say nice things and serve us and do good things, the, the Christian response, the humble response is to accept that. And, and, like, return in kind. Like, we, we want to be seeking the needs of other people, but we, we don't want to deny those things to ourselves. I mean, it also doesn't mean independent or stoic. Um, other things, like, the other kind of things that we can think of, oh, that person's humble because they sit in the corner and they don't ever talk to anybody. Like, that's not, that's not what Jesus did. Um, so... Um, I, I really do think humility is, is the posture that we take when we have a correct perspective of ourselves in relation to other people. Um, essentially, like, to know God, be in awe of Him, and then strive to see others the way that He sees them. Like, I, I want to view other people in a right way, in a right with a right understanding of who they are and their value. Um, so, um, when we relate to God... Um, Oh, and and I think, kind of tying into culture here, I think with, with humility especially, correct doctrine necessitates correct culture, right? If we actually really know who God is and we actually really know the value that he's placed in us and we actually really know and believe the value that he's placed in other human beings, that causes humility, and if it doesn't, I would argue we have a wrong doctrine on, on humility or on God or on ourselves or on others. I don't think we can have all of those things in line and claim that we have our doctrine right if it's not working itself out. So just, just some things. God is. God is holy. He is infinite. He is righteous. But he's also loving and caring. He's our father. He's merciful and gracious. He's a stronghold. He is near. He is our defender. So when we think about God, we should think of all of those things. We should also think how we relate to that. We are sinful. We are broken. We are rebellious. But we were made in the image of God. So we have, supreme, we have high, high value. We are made uniquely. We are made purposefully. If we're in Christ, we are sons and daughters. We are co-heirs with Christ. We have uh, so much value. Other people are in desperate need of God. They need to know him. They are also image bearers of God. And if we disrespect them to a degree, we are disrespecting someone who has been made in God's image. Other people are valuable to God. And other people don't know their value. Some people, most people, Christians even, don't, don't know and think about how valuable they are to God. Um, so with, with this series... And, and dan very he he picked the order and and the things he did a really good job I don't know if you guys know this, but he did uh picked a really good job of like the order of these things so so we start with our neediness right and then today we're talking about humility, which should be should be i i already said a response to knowing our neediness but then what does humility look like? How does it work well, I would say it's you know it's, vulnerability, honor, hospitality, um, kindness, and generosity, which if you haven't looked ahead, those are all the next ones that are coming up. Um, And so what does that look like? So neediness, um, we know that we're not our own answer uh, to the problems in our life. Uh, Vulnerability. So I want to just Um, without stealing thunder too much from the the next ones, I just want to just touch. What does humility look like in a few different categories of words that we're uh, comfortable with? So vulnerability. Um, We're able to admit um, our needs to others because I have a right understanding of my relationship to God. I I can confess weakness and need because I don't don't need to impress somebody else because I know who I am and I know where my value comes from. Uh, I know that God is my provider and my protector and I'm not my own provider and my own protector. I know and I trust that God gives grace to the humble. I know and I trust that God will exalt the humble. Um, I'm not working to maintain my image or control the perception that other people have of me because I am not my own, I belong to God. And I know that I'm valuable, but I know that it's not my job to exalt myself. And so I, I, can, I can come before others being vulnerable. Um, honor and hospitality, I think, is a correct view. And I'm going to push those things together. Honor and hospitality is a correct view of other people as image bearers of God. Um, noticing and outwardly acknowledging the value of other people um, And so, like, I think what that looks like, honor and hospitality as it pertains to humility, is just like when you when you are face to face with somebody, like I want to know about you, like you're a valuable person. God made God made you unique. There is one of you in the whole world, ever. And God, on purpose, on purpose, God made you exactly the way that you are, with the exact gifts and abilities and talents. And so. I'd really like to just get to know about that. Like, like, why did God, like, what did he do? How is he going to use you for that? And then I'm going to celebrate those things. Like, wow, that's, that's awesome that God has done that, that thing for you. He's given you those gifts and the, those, ability, those abilities. And then also, I think part of humility is, is encouraging somebody to use those things for the glory of God. Like, man, that's awesome that you're able to do that. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great if, if, you could, if you could glorify our king with that gift. Um, C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity, longer quote, Matt Campbell pointed it out to me, um, but he talks about what it's like to meet a humble person. And so I think I've got it up here, maybe, but it says, "To uh, to even get near humility, even for a moment, is like a drink of cold water to a man in a desert. Do not imagine that if you meet a really humble man, he will be what most people call humble. Nowadays, he will not be a sort of greasy, smarmy person who's always telling you that because, of course, he is nobody. Probably, all you will think about him is that he seemed a cheerful, intelligent chap who took a real interest in what you said to him. If you do dislike him, it will be because you feel a little envious of anyone who seems to enjoy life so easily. He will not be thinking about humility. He will not be thinking about himself at all. And so like, I think, I think that that kind of goes, goes in there. Like God made, God made the person in front of you and he made them on purpose, uh, the way that they are. Um, and then kindness and generosity, I think is it's kind of like, like what I have and how I use that correct view of gifts, possessions, time as things that are given to me, my God, given to me by God. And I'm a steward of those things. And so I should use them um, in a way that glorifies him. Um so we've talked about kind of what is humility um and I think there's some other verses that are really helpful some other quotes and things um one that always comes to my mind when I think of what it's like to be humble is in Matthew 20:28 20, um Jesus says the son of man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many like I think that's that's uh humility in a nutshell it's um, so like our primary goal should always be the glory of God and the benefit of others. And then our, our needs are secondary to that because we know who God is and we trust in him. Um, that's, that can seem overwhelming a little bit to think like all the time, always, I need to always only be glorifying God and benefiting others. Like that can seem overwhelming. And so Ray Ortland um, in a talk that I listened to at the gospel coalition this year, um, said something that I think is, is kind of a similar idea here and is a little more feels doable. Like it feels like I can do this. Right. And then maybe build that up to something more, more broad scope. Um, but he said, uh, people who come in our doors, and I would extend that to like anybody we have contact with as believers. Um, they should say of the people in church, like when they come in contact with with Christians, they should say, they notice me and I matter. And so like, I would just just think about like what that looks like in conversation, right? Am I dominating the conversation or am I trying to understand and know more of who this person is in front of me? Um, And then also like, this is a place where I can thrive which I think is I think that's in it shouldn't be it shouldn't be novel It shouldn't be new and different but like for someone to walk into a fellowship of believers and think like wow I could really thrive here like shouldn't that be what like that that should not be uh new or different um but I want I want to think about some little experiment here um we're going to try something so for just a couple seconds, I want you to think how you would act if you were Jesus, right? So you're Jesus or perfect like Jesus. I want you to think like how you would treat a visitor. So somebody new walks in, nobody knows him, walks in off the street, brand new person. What does Jesus do in that situation? How does Jesus treat children? Running around, making noise in service, scooting chairs, tripping over stuff, right? How does Jesus respond to those things? Uh, How does Jesus respond when someone wrongs uh, him? If you were Jesus, how would you respond when you noticed someone else doing something good or sharing a story of, of them being great? Are you the topper, right? Like, yeah, I shot a 12-point buck last week. Oh, I shot a 14-pointer. And then the next person, you know, like there's always the next story. Like, are, how, do, how do you respond when good things happen to other people? Um, how, how would you worship if you were Jesus? If Jesus were here on a Sunday morning, how does he, what does worship look like for Jesus? Uh, and I mean, like, really, that's, like, I think humility, like, that's, that's part of what it is. Like, we're, we're called, as Christians, we're called to be like Christ in those regards. Now, we, we are not going to be perfect in that regard. Like, we're not going to be perfectly humble. We're not going to respond perfectly all the time. We're not going to perfectly pursue people we don't know. We're not going to perfectly do any of those things. But again, let's just pretend, let's just imagine for just a second, what if all of us, like what if there was like a group of people, like, you know, 100-ish, 120 people, there's less here today, but let's just pretend. Um, what if all of us could do that? What if every single person in a church, local body of believers, uh, acted in the way that Jesus would act in a certain situation? So again, like, what would visitors feel when they walk in the door? Right? What would, like, the broken person who's clearly dejected, who's stumbled in on, off the street, like, like, how would they feel walking in based on how they're greeted and looked at and things like that? How would children be treated? What would our worship be like if we all worshiped with a correct posture of ourselves and with God? Uh And the the crazy thing, like, I get goosebumps thinking about that. Like, I'm cold also, so there's probably goosebumps from that. But, like, what would our prayer life be like? And the crazy thing is, like, that's what the church is supposed to be. That's That's not like a, like, man, that'd be cool. If only, right? And one day we will be that way right? But that, that's how we should act. And, and I think we overcomplicate it. I think we overcomplicate humility by a long shot. Like, get our WWJD bracelets back out, right? And we can say, like, like, for real, in this situation, like, how would Jesus respond right now? And I'm going to do the best I can to try and do that thing. And maybe I fall short, but I'm going to at least think about it, and I'm going to try. Um. That's what the church is supposed to be. That's what we're supposed to be. That's the transforming power of the gospel is that we are not people who are looking to exalt our own kingdoms. We are looking to humble ourselves and exalt our king. And in doing that, we're going to bring other people up and show them their value, show them that they are loved and cared for by a God who made all things and cares for them better than anyone could ever care for them. Humility is not an a la carte option for the Christian life. Um, really none, none of the like, fruits of the Spirit and things like that are. Okay? But it's not, not something that's optional that we can tag in. I, like, I think it's just a right understanding of who God is, who we are, and who other people are. It is an expected norm of Christ's kingdom. That's how things work. For eternity, that's how things are going to work. Um, in just a minute, we're going we're gonna to sing a song. We're going to do things a little bit differently. So we're going to sing um, as a response to the sermon, and then uh, Caleb will come and introduce the Lord's Supper. Um, but... Um, again, if, if pursuing our own self-interest or self-promotion over and above the exaltation of Christ and other people, um, like that's, that's not what it means to be a follower of Christ. Like that is, that is counter-Christian. Um, and I think now, for me, even in, even in this, even in talking about humility, the temptation is to trust in myself to work harder, to be more humble, like that's that's what I want to do. We are a prideful, self-exalting people, and I want to say, like, okay, I can do it. I'm going to be more humble. Um, but really, the whole thing is like we need to know and trust who God is. Um, like simple truths, knowing who you are. You have been uniquely made in the image of God. You are valued by the king of all things. If you're a Christian, you're his. He holds you in his hand and not in a wrathful, vengeant hand, a loving, caring, protecting hand from which nothing can ever take you. He holds you. You're there being cared for, being loved, protected. He gives you everything you need. So we don't need to pursue our own self-interest. We don't, we don't need to strive after our own image. We don't, we don't need to get ours because we know, we know who we are. But that's true. That's true for other people too. It's true for other believers, right? We can exalt them. We can point, uh, point them to Christ. It's true, for, it's true that non-Christians are valued, and that they could, they could have that security. They could have that. They could have someone protecting them when no one else does. They could be cared for and loved. And they're not. And God has done something about that in his son and by his church to help people know that. But most importantly, it's about God. We can't be humble if we don't rightly know who God is. And so just as we, as we sing this song, um, what do our actions show that we believe? Not, yes, we know we should be humble, but like how we treat other people, how we uh, respond to things. What does that say about our understanding of who we are in Christ? about how great our king is. Is he able? Is he able to secure us? Is he able? Do we really, really believe that God will exalt the humble? Or do we not trust him enough to do that and so we need to exalt ourselves? Like, can we, as believers, can we pour ourselves out all the way, empty ourselves, our gifts, our time, our possessions, our money, our life? Can we pour it out? And is God trustworthy enough? Like, do we really believe, actually believe that he will exalt the humble? Or, or is he inept? Like, what, how we act and respond to people Shows shows what we think about those truths, and so uh, let's uh, let's sing and um, worship our King and respond.
2: I shall all held by a same unchanging love Be still my soul, oh lift your voice and pray Father not my will my sin what wondrous love my hope was shown Rose, so I shall rise in ransom